Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on cliffcentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makoko-Klela. Welcome, Lions. Thank you very much, Gary. And to our podcasters, welcome to the swaggest legal show in the continent. Yeah. Today's show is about breathalyzing for both driving under the influence of alcohol and drugs. I guess it goes under the same heading. Also, we're going to be chatting about breathalyzing at work and yeah. breathalyzers for personal use and a lot more, Lions. Sure. At work. Yeah. Yes. One of the questions we're going to answer today is when at a roadblock can you refuse a breathalyzer when told by an officer that he just wants you to blow? I just want to blow, John. Okay. No, you do not have to give an officer a blowjob. <laughs> no comment on that one. One of the most commonly asked questions on the internet is when it comes to driving under the influence is, how do I beat the breathalyzer machine? And here's a true story. There's a screwball in Canada, Ontario, of all places. He believed that he could trick the machine by eating his own feces. Oh, The traffic oh. officials just couldn't hear him. <laughs> like, your mouth full of shit by Chumbawamba wow. of all people. Wow. People have tried. <laughs> okay. <laughs> people have tried all kinds of ploys like breath mints and uh, onions and denture cream. I guess mouthwash uh, uh, to beat the breathalyzers. Milk. Uh, I doubt they're effective. We're going to talk to our special guest today, who knows all about breathalyzers. It's the self-styled breathalyzer guy. His name is Angus MacArthur. And he's the director of Alcohol Breathalyzers PTY Limited. Welcome to you. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Come right forward. Thank you. Also with us again is Howard Dimboski from the Justice Project of South Africa, JPSA. Yeah. Yes, JPSA. Yeah. That's right. He's the undisputed authority on anything to do with road traffic. Welcome to you both. <laughs> and also, this is spectacular today. We asked the pig spotter to be with us. He was yep. uh, in the previous show <laughs> with us uh, today. And uh, we said, please don't go stay with us, baby. Please don't go. Welcome again. We love you. Angus MacArthur, the breathalyzer guy. What's going on in this country? People are dying on our roads. And a lot is to do with DUI. Yeah, drinking. So yeah, drinking, yeah. What's being done to curb this? So irrespective of the amount of work that's being done to yeah. reduce the number of deaths, we're seeing the annual uh, death toll increasing we, We're not seeing a reduction yeah. We're seeing a lack of um, uh, Care towards other road users um, Public This is this goes to um, Drivers in the north uh, Public transport vehicles And there just doesn't seem to be Any stop to the carnage that's that's Going on out there Let's talk about a breathalyzer You get stopped on the side of the road What is this EBAT? Is it working? So an EBAT is an evidential breath analyzer tester And that is a a breathalyzer that's used to take evidence um, In the form of a breath sample Which is then used against you in a a prosecution And that's not the screening breathalyzer That a law enforcement official is going to test you with On the side of the road Does it mean that they still have to take your blood? No No. No. Uh, So explain how this now works Uh, 
or Angus? No, no. So yeah. Howard can answer the legal question, yeah. and then I can explain how that. And from works. a practical point of view, you get stopped. So initially, yeah. when you're in your car and you yeah. stop at a roadblock, you're going to be breathalyzed, and that is with a screener. That's that's not an evidential breath analyzer tester. Howard's holding one up, mm. and basically that is going to check your breath to see whether you are above the legal limit or you're below it or if you're at a very high level. Mm. Once you've been breathalyzed with the screener, they mm. are then going to take you for an evidential breath analyzer test or they're going to take blood. So mm. in terms of the law, in terms of the Road Traffic Act, there are two ways to take that uh, test to to check whether you you can a charge needs to be opened against you and uh, the blood sample is taken after the charge is opened and so is the breath uh, test with the evidential breath analyzer test, but no charge is required in order to do the screening test at the, at the actual car. So that is yeah, sufficient. This evidence. is not yeah. America. Okay, okay, so go ahead. Hold so on. How's it going we have that? a non-drinker in studio. Okay, we have a few actually. I'm a non-drinker. Okay, I'm also a non-drinker, yeah. but Lionel has never <laughs> touched the stuff in his in his life. Yeah. So let's get him to blow. Into a screener very, very quickly. Am I okay. going to be blowing? No, it's non, uh, it's <laughs> non contact, dude. Yeah. Okay. I'll yeah. form you. I'll form you. Just blow and you'll know. Blow. Harder. Oh, That's what she said. Zero. <laughs> oh, zero alcohol yeah. content. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now, let's have him try and beat it. This is nothing more than breath freshener. Oh, my God. My. So this demonstration is how to, in theory, beat a breathalyzer. Put some more sprays in there, dude. Don't be shy. So there he's we trying go. To, he's trying there to beat go. the breathalyzer and, <laughs> and he... What does that say? Wait for it. The higher the level, the, the longer it takes to analyze. But there you go. There he's you go. failed the breathalyzer test. He's tried to beat it, but he's actually failed the test. And now the, the police would take him for an evidential. Because he yeah. sprayed alcohol directly into his oh, mouth. No. Okay. Oh. The fact is, breath fresheners in sprays yeah. and in Listerine and, and the like give yeah. you mouth alcohol. And the second that you've got al mouth alcohol, any screener, no matter what the claim from the manufacturer, mm. will pick up mouth alcohol. Mm. Quick question. Sorry. Evidential. Um, cough, cough mixture as well? Cough yeah, mixtures. With, with alcohol. Alcohol. Well, Those ones. Yeah, look. When it's if, got you, alcohol. If, if you swallow a whole bottle, of course. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Or if you've just taken it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It'll give, uh, give a reading. And you know what? Don't be stupid. Okay. Don't go and panic now and think, okay, I'm going to flush my mouth with Listerine. In fact, there was a very interesting case in Australia where a guy genuinely drives along flushing his mouth out with Listerine. He's addicted to the stuff. Mm. And he was, he was almost arrested for driving under the influence of alcohol. Mm. You, Angus will explain to you what the manufacturer's recommendations are on this kind of screening and why we should not have cops sitting directly outside a pub and screening a person the second they start. The ground rules with all breathalyzing is that you should have waited at least 20 minutes after your last uh, uh, food or drink. Anything that you've eaten or, or, or consumed, no mm. gum should be in the mouth, no lozenges, no menthol, no nothing. Mm. Uh, people who consume um, uh, Bioplus, um, it's got alcohol in it. So you end up uh, blowing into a breathalyzer and getting a false positive because you've got mouth alcohol present. So the ground rules with all breathalyzing is that you should have waited at least 20 minutes after your last uh, bite or eat or drink of any substance before testing. And uh, often in roadblocks, uh, the police won't actually 
adhere to that. Um, however, with the evidential breath analyzer tester, it throws out mouth alcohol readings. So you cannot be prosecuted based on an evidential breath analyzer test because of mouth alcohol. It has two sensors in the, in the machine that cross-references the test results. And if they totally off, uh, it throws out the test result and you'll have to wait and be retested. Why, why did you say earlier, Howard, that we've got to be careful now? What, what is it? Uh, trying to beat breathalyzer is stupid. Okay, mm. you're not going to do it. Uh, it's very, very simple. Mm. Uh, it's just like uh, the experiments that have been done on Top Gear to beat speed cameras. Mm. Um, you, you know, if you can drive at the speed of light, you might be able to beat having your, your photograph taken on a speed camera. Same thing goes with breath alcohol testing. Mm. Breath Drug, uh, drug testing, however, yes. as Angus will explain, Ooh. is impossible. A breathalyzer will never, ever pick up the use of drugs. Like Any weed. drugs. Like weed. That's just yeah, illegal. Like weed. Not, well, not let's, let's talk about weed because I, I read somewhere, I think in the UK, that they've now got a breathalyzer or something that can pick up... Uh, Right, so weed is there such a thing? So what what I looked into is that they, there's been theories uh, uh, that use different technology uh, to test for uh, the THC chemical in breath, mm. and uh, it, it it works. It's just not commercially viable and it's not commercially available to us yet. And we, mm. as soon as breathalyzers that test for THC and other drugs of abuse are available, we we're going to add them to our line. Um, I did uh, look into it uh, after you, you you sent me a link yesterday about the um, uh, magnetic spectrophy, I think you called it. Um, you, you referred to that technology, and that's a theory. Um, it hasn't yet been put into production, so we can't uh, test for these chemicals in breath yet um, and at a level that's affordable or available to us commercially. So currently, to test for chemicals... Uh, uh, drugs of abuse we we use saliva and we use urine samples and saliva you get a pretty good test result you get an accurate test res- test result and the police i think they currently use a urine sample yeah but so when you can they imagine use it? When a they use it? yes you can road, imagine yeah. a roadblock now yeah. <laughs> okay yeah uh us five people in the studio getting pulled over at the roadblock and saying please whip out your willy and give no. us a sample it's not practical uh, yeah it's not practical. it's not practical at all saliva tests however, are used in Australia. Uh, but there is a problem with that. And that problem is that saliva at this stage is um, the, the method of testing where you get a result for THC within a relatively small time frame. And that time frame is 12 hours now, a person may not be under the influence of THC after consuming it 10 hours ago or even three hours ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, our Department of Transport had better have taken note of the Constitutional Court uh, ruling. Otherwise, we're going to have a problem because if you arrest a person for the current offense – which is driving under the influence of a drug having a narcotic effect. Yes. And in the blood tests where you can get specific levels out of it, it is determined that the particular level was not high enough for that person to be under that the influence of THC. Mm. You're going to have an awful lot of suing taking place. So 
The fact is that uh, transport law needs to be adjusted for this. Yes. And it's it's actually interesting. Um, there was a chap by the name of Christo Maynard from the CSIR who who did research way back in 1989 with respect to the the amount of people who drive under the influence of drugs and the amount of people who do so under the influence of alcohol. And guess what the result was? Three times as many people who drive under the influence of alcohol drive under the influence of drugs. Really? Yeah. And you can see this in places like in Hatfield or in yeah. any other student type of uh, campus environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but also, Howard, it's not just the drugs of abuse that people drive Correct. under the influence of. Uh, people will take two um, hay fever tablets with or codeine or, or other medis- medications and drive under the influence of other chemicals that are making their vision uh, hazy, that makes them dizzy, makes them not concentrate, and and people get killed. Um, yes. So there's all sorts of medicines that people drive under. But the drugs of abuse, when it comes to, say, THC, um, when you're testing for THC, it's impractical for, for, for testing at roadblocks unless you've got a drug uh, a booze bus drug van where you can pull someone off the road, get out the car, go into the van uh, in closed space, Take a pee in a cup, <laughs> uh, do the test, and now we've got evidence against the the motorist. But it's it's quite no. impractical. It's not it's not really even being done here at the moment. Are they doing it in the Western Cape? No, because the, you don't have evidence. What you have is suspicion. Yes. Um, it is still required in cases of driving under the influence of drugs to have a blood, a forensic blood test. Right. Okay. So you can't convict a person on, on the basis of a saliva or urine or hair follicle screener. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are yeah. all sorts of screeners for, for drugs. Yeah. So okay. that's, that's to do with the roads. But, but, but the fact is, and, and I'm going to say this in support of Angus. We have a huge problem because I just told you about the three times uh, so many people. Yes. Well, the last results that, uh, or statistics that we have from the National uh, Injury Mortality and, and Mortality Monitoring System is from 2008, mm-hmm. which determined that 58% of drivers killed on our roads are under the influence of alcohol by at least three times the legal limit. Now, if that doesn't scare the living pajibas out of you, in <laughs> fact, let's talk, uh, let's talk the song. If that doesn't scare the shit out of you, yeah. okay, then it should. Because it's a scary fact. Um, just in terms of our role in the breathalyzer world, we, we live by the, the, the view that we should prevent uh, we shouldn't um, be prosecuting. We should be preventing people from driving under the influence. We should be self-testing. We should be self-aware. Um, if we like to drink, I do drink. Um, I did a wine tasting exercise over the weekend. I tasted five liters of red wine to to see whether I'd get a BAC afterwards. And, and the result was I didn't get I, I, I tested zero, but I tested it out to check whether my mouth would absorb alcohol, which it didn't. Um, and it took five liters and three and a half hours just to do the test. But had I swallowed all that wine, I would have been in hospital. Yes. Um, had I even swallowed half of that, that would have been three bottles. I would have been in hospital. And some guys go home after work and drink a bottle of brandy. And it's 32 units of alcohol, surprising that they stay alive, but it's the next 
today when they get in their car that they don't realize that they're still way over the legal limit. Mm. So when it comes to self-breathalyzing and self-awareness, if you know uh, that the next day you're still under the influence of alcohol because that alcohol is still in your blood, still in your do, body. Yeah, do you sell those? Yes, How much? Are, how much is a self-tester? From six ninety nine. Uh, we sell them in clicks. Clicks keeps our, our digital models and, um, they available to the public. We sell them on Take A Lot, sell I them mean, on our website. It's pretty accurate, isn't it? Yes. So you test yourself before you get in your car. Correct. The next day, wasn't if you're it? a yeah. regular drinker. Yeah. If you're a regular drinker. But and also for workplaces so that you can yeah, test I want yourself. To talk to you about that, yeah. The workplace. Yeah. yeah. So if your company yeah. that you work for has a zero tolerance policy, yeah. how else will you know whether you're under the influence of alcohol unless you test yourself? Mm-hmm. So if you, if you arm yourself with a, a breathalyzer that you can check yourself before you walk into your um, the factory or into the industry uh, or the mine that you work for. Um, you will know whether there's any reading on the breathalyzer at all. Are there more and more companies that are buying these breathalyzers? Yes, we we I, I think we've sold eleven and a half thousand breathalyzers this year so what, what, far. What what uh, what's the price range for for companies? So mo- most of the industrial models are five and a half, six and a half thousand rand each. Mm. But just to give you an idea, this year so far we've sold ten million rands worth of industrial breathalyzers in the year so far. <laughs> How it looks to be the wrong business? It's a, it, no, it's an incredible change so yeah. when we start. Started the business in 2005. Beginning of 2005, I got involved. Um, the sales, 200, 300,000 rands worth of sales in a year, and now we sitting on about 16, 17 uh, million rands worth of sales in a year. So how many people can the company test uh, in the morning when people come to work? Mm. Uh, is it is it is there any danger of germs? How does it work? No. So what we've got, we've got um, industrial breathalyzers where there's no contact so that you'd never make contact with the breathalyzer. What do you blow it? You, you blow towards it yeah. and it's got a pressure sensor inside it so that when you blow at a strong enough pressure, say 12 liters per minute, yeah. the pressure sensor engages, the sensor solenoid pulls in the sample of air, it analyzes the sample of air, it's only a second of breath. And if there's any alcohol detected, it mm. stops you. Can you tell how, how, how inebriated the person is? Right. So yeah. those screening devices like the iBlow 10 here simply tell you there's alcohol present and yeah. then up to a specific level, say yeah. 0.05%, which is the blood alcohol content legal limit for driving in workplaces at 0.01. Yeah. So it's a fifth of the, it's, it's a fifth of the limit. It's going to indicate up to a specific level how much alcohol is present but if you've been screened and denied access to the workplace mm. you just denied access you lose pay or you lose a shift Do but you, have you had to give evidence at the season ne- yeah, never, never because yeah. company policy uh, needs a secondary breathalyzer so mm. you get screened with a primary screener mm. and then once you are within the site if you are tested you normally get a second test and that's when they use an evidential type breathalyzer, which actually isn't an evidential breathalyzer, but it takes a liter of air. It's got a printer. It stores the data in memory, and you have a test result that you can then rely upon to take um, action against the employee. Are companies mm-hmm. randomly testing, or are they selecting people that appear to be slightly everybody? Off? So, everybody. so most pe- most companies are now uh, going for full testing of every employee. So you can imagine when, when on a Monday morning or when? no, no, every day of the week. 
We've got uh, mining customers who've got uh, industrial machines on all the turnstile gates. They've got thousands of employees, and every single person who enters the site needs to badge, identify themselves, blow into the breathalyzer. How long does that take? A few seconds. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So we've we on the industrial models we've got it down to twelve tests a minute. So it's each transaction is about six seconds. That's badging, blowing through the gate. Um, But uh, so you need a bank of about ten. 10 gates, 10 mm. breathalyzers to mm. process a thousand people. Sorry, what is the limit? 0.01 in most. So it's one drink or what is no, the limit? No, it's half, it's half a unit. It's half a unit like of what? alcohol well, within one hour. As far as a beer is concerned. Um, a third of a beer. Yeah. Uh, it's about a hundred milliliters of beer. It's, it's very low, but most people do not drink before they go into work in the morning. Mm. It's always the night before mm. or if they've been up late partying. Now, when I say the limit 0.01, the limit is actually zero. They sh- you should have no alcohol present in your, mm. in your breath at all mm. but some workplaces do permit alcohol to be consumed in the workplaces now if, i'm sure yeah. you can guess which types of workplaces those are but um, mines are zero mines are zero point zero zero because of the fact that you're operating machinery mm. now excuse me let me ask you a question with tears in my eyes what is a motor car a machine <laughs> and yet we, ha- we we have a much higher limit for operating that particular machinery and we have a very high instance of road fatalities yeah. in it, South Africa. It's a lethal, Second only to murder. It's a lethal weapon. Driving a motor car, if you can imagine, sometimes I cannot believe how fast my car is going and I think I'm doing 60 and actually I'm doing 100 and I have to slow down because the, it's a lethal weapon. And we put ourselves in these cars and we get under the influence of alcohol and if you drive under the influence of alcohol, you are a disaster waiting to happen so because your motor has been very quiet and i know you're listening to everything yes, is yes, there anything you'd like to ask no no well i mean i 100 percent agree with you that it should actually be 0.00 on the on the car things because not only are you putting your own life at risk you're putting everyone else's lives at risk we should have a law that everybody involved in a road traffic collision regardless of whether there are injuries or fatalities or not should be tested for alcohol that would be a great place to start. Mm. And I think you might be horribly surprised as to how many people are, especially in light of the fact that in the UK, the most successful roadblocks that are set up are set up on Sunday mornings on the way to church. To all of you, many thanks. We've run out of time. I wow. think we could have gone on for another hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just don't, don't drink or, and don't drive, drink and drive or smoke and fly. <laughs> <laughs> Cliffcentral.com.